I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. Revision LASIK and Cataract Surgery is celebrating 30 years of service in Mansfield and 25 years in Columbus. Hi, I'm Dr. Schumer, and I'm so proud of these milestones. Patients I performed LASIK on 30 years ago are now returning to revision for cataract surgery. It's truly an honor to be here for them and know that revision is still their top choice all these years later. Learn more at revisioneyes.com. Welcome to the No Sports Report, a production of iHeartRadio and Treefort Media. My name is Jensen Karp, and I'm a sports fan, so I'm concerned about a lot of things. The NBA playoffs, the start of a baseball season, the Stanley Cup. But above everything else, I'm most concerned about the high five. It's an athletic institution. It was arguably invented by L.A. Dodgers outfielder Glenn Burke and Dusty Baker after a 1977 home run, and now its entire future is under review. Will germs take away the easiest way to celebrate your favorite player doing something cool? Will it be replaced by a head nod or a polite bow or like a running man from six feet away? It's things like this that keep me up at night. And I need my rest because I'm continuing to talk to athletes and sports industry professionals about what they're doing in quarantine hoping to figure out if they miss competing as much as I miss watching it. This is the No Sports Report. One of my favorite NBA players is Ennis Cantor, and for many reasons. You see, this guy went through a lot to play professional basketball in the United States. He left his family behind in his dangerous homeland of Turkey, a country whose government he's criticized publicly, and as a result received serious death threats and been completely disavowed from speaking to his relatives still living there. And on top of that, at 17 years old, he had to hop from high school to high school, trying to find a program that would find him eligible to play, despite having a professional contract at one point in another country. And after finally playing in a senior year at a school in Simi Valley, California, he committed to Kentucky, the basketball institution that planned to thrust him into the spotlight and get him ready for professional competition. Well, that is until they found him ineligible too. The good news about Cantor is that since these false starts, he's put together quite an impressive NBA career. Drafted by the Utah Jazz and then traded to the OKC Thunder, where he was the first player in franchise history to score at least 30 points and grab 20 rebounds in a game. He's since made himself a dependable utility player, especially in the playoffs, with stops in New York, Portland, and the team he signed with right before the 2020 season, the Boston Celtics. He's been a fan favorite at every stop, even though his true passion seems to be that of a despicable WWE heel. 
I talked to Ennis in depth about his eventual career in pro wrestling, the lovable enigma that is Taco Fall, the end of Ramadan and quarantine, and if the Undertaker's eye roll thing is real. Get ready to have a brand new favorite basketball player on this episode of the No Sports Report. Call from Ennis Genser. To accept, press 1. Press- Hello, Ennis. Hello, how you doing? I'm good. So I, I wanted to start off by l- asking, where are you currently quarantined and, and how is it going for you? Uh, Chicago right now. Okay. And, and how would you say you're surviving? I'm surviving pretty good, you know, because uh, right now we are in our houses and, and literally just doing nothing. I'm not going to lie. I gained seven to eight pounds. Oh, great. Good. Uh, but uh, the good thing is it's Ramadan. So like, it, I'm probably having like the easiest Ramadan I ever had. See, I, now I was going to ask you about that. We're talking on one of the last days of Ramadan. And I wanted to know, it, it seems to me, now here's my thing. It would be harder for me during quarantine because I have more time alone to think about food. <laughs> well, true. That's that's one way to look at it. But like, well, if you're playing a game, if you're practicing, if you are working out, trust me, it is so much harder than just sitting at home just thinking about food. Right. But like right now, I'm mean, obviously I'm, I'm still trying to work out and stuff. But uh, it's definitely the easiest I ever had. So I know such a big part of Ramadan uh, is staying connected with the community and being able to meet mm-hmm. and go to a mosque, and that is something that has been taken away. Uh, this year from you how are you being how are you trying your hardest to stay connected i mean uh it's definitely tough because ramadan is, is all about relaxing your body and soul and also focusing on your inner world and listening to yourself to be a better person mm-hmm. and then also again just because of this is happening it is not possible to just go out there and do iftar iftar means like breaking your fast yeah. with family and loved ones because if you don't know anything about ramadan this is how I explain it. It is 30 Thanksgiving Day dinners in a row. Right. You know, because, because you fast all day and then end of the night, you come with friends and families and, you know, love others, the ones you care about, and you just, just have dinner with them and share things with them. So it is more than just food. But just because of this pandemic's happened, obviously it's not possible, but, you know, we're still trying to do some kind of connection over the Zoom or, or, or something. Right. And, and speaking of celebrating, you, like many of the people I've talked to on this podcast, which is startling to me, you celebrated a birthday while in quarantine. What did you do? What did you do for the big day? <laughs> it was a sad birthday, mm. obviously, because like birthday is all about going out there, hanging out with your friends, celebrating with your loved ones. But uh, mm-hmm. I was just uh, sit at home. I ate a lot of cookies. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I ate a lot of cookies. It was like it was like a cheat day for me, for sure. Sure. But um, you know, it was just like a, it was a quiet birthday. Okay. I don't because I don't want to imagine Ennis Cantor just alone at a table with a cupcake with one you know candle in it. <laughs> uh, well, I wanted to know. I've read that you are a big reader. You love documentaries. Uh, what have you watched? What have you read during this time? There's actually a show on Netflix I really like. It's Dirty Money. I don't know if you ever heard that before. I did a little bit because there's a big Jared Kushner episode, right? There you go. Yeah. And I mean, they they, they talk about lots of things. I mean, obviously, instead of just watching a movie and getting nothing out of it, I was just like, you know what? This is like quarantine time. So I'm just going to like not waste my time, but actually use use it in in good. So like I'm actually watching that. There's actually a really interesting show called The Family on Netflix too. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I know the people, so like that's why I wanted to watch it. Okay. But uh, but the books, 
You know, there's a really good motivational book that Coach Brad, Brad Stevens actually gave it to us during the season, Leaders Eat Last. Okay. You know, I mean, it's especially around this time you need motivation because like when you sit in your house and it's like you don't want to, you don't feel like just going out there and working out, you know. So like right now, I I think that book has been, it's amazing uh, to me and I'm sure the other book players too. So it's um it's been very productive, you know. Yeah. Did, did you get into The Last Dance at all? Last, I, I did actually watch it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oof, no, you're talking about goosebumps, man. And it's like, when you watch that documentary, I'm like, oh, like right now, I want to just go out there and stop playing basketball, like right now. But like, right. see, it was the best time they put it out there because everyone at home, they are dying to just watch any kind of sport activities. But I think the last sense was definitely like a, a breath, you know? Yeah. Did, was there anything, I mean, Jordan's mind frame was so rare and so unique. Did it bring to mind any teammate you've ever had? Was there, when you saw it, did it, did it bring back any memory of someone you've played with? I will say maybe Russell Westbrook. Okay. But if you look at his mindset, if you look at his mentality, I will say Kobe Bryant for sure. Right. Because, I mean, obviously, they just give us 100%. They don't care about no haters or distraction. They focus on what they need to focus on. And it just becomes not just like a sport that they play. It becomes like a lifestyle, you know? So it's not like going to practice and work out two hours or going to play, play two hours and leave. No, mm-hmm. it just becomes a lifestyle. Sure. You know, I think it's just with mentality that what they do on and off the court was just amazing. You have a very rare perspective on the global pandemic and, and the globe in general because you have a grasp on so many cultures, whether it's Swiss or Turkish. or, or mm-hmm. these. I wrote down the United States you've lived in. I've probably missed some, but here's, here's a list I wrote down quickly. Nevada, West Virginia, California, Kentucky, Utah, Oklahoma City, New York, Boston, Chicago. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. Okay. So what have you noticed about the differences in these states and what you're seeing happen during this major event amongst people, the, the reactions that people are having? I mean, I'll, I'll just say this first. Our world, our experience is something like never experienced before. Mm-hmm. And whenever you turn on the news, man, it's like I, there's so much negative news and people forgetting the main goal. Like when you turn on the news, there's like, okay, this side is attacking this side, Democrats attacking the Republicans, people attacking this. Like we are forgetting our main goal. Main goal should be like, okay, how can we get through this together? You know, I feel like around this time we have a lot of positivity, but every state, every city doing some different things. Mm-hmm. I mean, I watched, I think it was the mayor of Vegas was talking to Anderson Cooper. Mm-hmm. And I was like heartbroken by how, what she said. It's like, Oh my God. But at the same time, I listened to the mayor of Chicago. Mm-hmm. I mean, she is just, well, probably right now, like doing one of the most funniest and the safest, I guess, mayor that out there. I don't know if you follow her on Twitter. She's like, your jump shot was broke yeah. and it's going to stay broke after quarantine. So just like stay in a house. Yeah. I feel like, you know, just people are, are forgetting the main goal. It's just like, we should just stay as one and fight against this yeah. together. Not like, oh, this, oh, this, this, said this, you know? Absolutely. I mean, you have lived in both red states and blue states your entire time here in America. And I guess you've been able to see both sides. And, and like you're saying, the best best case scenario is that we could at least work together to beat a global pandemic. Exactly. Yep. Yep. Uh, when you were growing up, your mother was a nurse. Uh, nowadays, we depend on them more than ever. Uh, this is clearly a sacrificial job. Uh, it really shined a light for me on medical workers uh, on the front line. Did you always know growing up that your mom was putting her life on the line? I actually did not. You know, till this happened, I didn't know how. Obviously, I knew how. You know, 
uh, valuable that you know, doctors and nurses are. But like, I didn't know this much. I mean, literally, they put their, not just their life, their family's life on the line too to make the world better and healthier. And it's, it's a huge sacrifice. Because those doctors and nurses have kids in their houses, have, you know, husbands and wives in, in their houses. And they literally just say, okay, you know what? I'm going to sacrifice for my whole family and my life and try to make people better. And um, so now I appreciate more that. I appreciate teachers oh. and I appreciate the, you know, the nurses more now because, like, you ask anybody, I, I don't have a kid, but, like, whoever I talk to, they said the homeschooling is the worst. They go, kids are going crazy. Yeah, yeah. You know, so like, so I feel like the, you know, the teachers and nurses, man, they're so precious. I'll throw in supermarket workers as well. I never saw them as frontline workers. And now, now they're my heroes. <laughs> exactly. A little bit of basketball talk. The NBA season rumors returning soon. I want to know, this is a very broad question, but if you had to pick somewhere to hang out for about a month or two, would you go to Las Vegas or would you go to Disney World? I have a different perspective. I feel like the West maybe should play in Vegas and Eastern Conference should play in Orlando. And then after the final, they can just go to one place. Because if you're trying to move the whole Lakers to Orlando, it will be like a four or five hour thing, you know? Yeah. Or if you want to move to, I don't know, like us all the way to Vegas, it's a like four or five hour thing. But like, I mean, if I had to pick, obviously, I will... Because of the mayor of Vegas, I'm kind of scared of Vegas right now. <laughs> right, right. I might pick Orlando because obviously, because of Disney, they said obviously we cannot go after him. Yeah, but like I'll, I'll probably say Orlando. Well, they're saying, I mean, these are again rumors, but they're going to have families there and stuff. So they do think they might open some parts of Disney World for people to have some life outside of the game. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm voting for Disney World with you. I mean, I don't know how they're going to do it, but I mean, good luck. I mean, and that's that's a that's a bigger question for you after the Adam Silver call, which you've been uh, rather candid about in discussions within your team. Would you do you feel safe? Uh, I would just say this: not for my team, not from the Celtics, but there's so many players out there that do not want to play. Mm-hmm. I heard because like it's a huge risk, and they're saying I'm not going to risk my life to just go out and play basketball. But I mean, if you ask me, if you ask me about uh, my other Celtics teammates. I mean, they trust the NBA, and I think Adam Silver has been doing an amazing job, especially every other major league are taking an example of what NBA is doing because NBA was the first world, first league to suspend itself. So NBA and Adam Silver played a huge role on this. If the NBA opens up, I, I know other major leagues going to open up too. So, I mean, if it's all safe to go, yes, I would love to play. Yeah, and it's day-to-day. And, and I, like you said, Adam Silver is different than any other league commissioner. And, and he, he even just as a fan and, and players I love, like you guys in Boston and so many teams, I mean, it's like I, w- I trust him enough. Yeah, I, I haven't said that if they cancel the season, they should give uh, the MVP to Adam Silver. <laughs> they should, they should. Uh, I also say that a funny MVP vote would be to Lonzo Ball because he was the only guy who would come out on the court to that game that they canceled. Did you ever see that? I did not see that, no. He just came and practiced by himself. I was like, there's your MVP. He has nothing else going on. He's He doesn't care about a huge pandemic. Uh, my big question, big question here. Do you miss Taco Fall as much as I do? You know, when I saw him first in the summer league the last summer, mm-hmm. when he was playing, I'm like, this dude going to be a rock star. Yeah. You know, because not a superstar, a rock star. Because like, his personality, how humble he is, how down to earth he is. Cool. His, his locker room is right next to mine. Yeah. Good locker room guy, always bringing positive energy. Obviously, man, we, we, we do miss the guy. We, I mean, we faced down probably like 
three, four times a week Aww. and see how like how he's doing and stuff. Yeah, he's, he's a good dude, man. I like him a lot. And you guys as a team have been doing uh, Instagram lives? We did do Instagram lives, but we do a lot, a lot of Zoom conferences because like you still want to build that team chemistry, right? Mm-hmm. Every Tuesday we have chapel. And every Wednesday, actually, we have this motivational talk that we invite some celebrities to come and give us a talk. Right. Mark Wahlberg came. David Ortiz and Paul Pierce came. Mm-hmm. Ken John came from Hangover. Yeah. And Terry Crews came. So it's been so nice to see your teammates. More with Ennis Cantor after this. Right now, Feeding America is working tirelessly to ensure our most vulnerable populations, like students who are out of school, the elderly, individuals whose jobs are impacted, and low-income families continue to have access to food and other needed resources during the COVID-19 pandemic. The Feeding America Food Bank Network is committed to serving communities and people facing hunger in America, and their greatest need is donations and support of local food banks. This podcast is committed to donating a portion of the proceeds from the show to Feeding America, and we hope that you can join us in this effort too. Find out how you can help at feedingamerica.org backslash COVID-19. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A bold approach to engineering. At Bowling Green State University, our engineering degrees fuse the science of traditional engineering with technology and hands-on skills. This combination is what employers are looking for in the up-and-coming fields of robotics, advanced manufacturing, and systems engineering. It's why our graduates find jobs and why BGSU stands out. Don't just get a degree. Secure your future at BGSU. At the Ohio Lottery, we make Keno fun your way. That means you pick your wager. Will it be a dollar, two, a crisp 20 bucks? Your call. Like picking your own numbers? Use any inspiration you like. Birthdays, jersey numbers, you name it. And if you don't feel like choosing, there's the Super Quick Auto Pick. With regular promotions that'll get you more bang for your Keno buck, multiple ways to win, prizes galore, and live draws every few minutes. Anytime is the right time to get in on the Keno action. Keno is always fun your way. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Play responsibly. And now, the rest of my chat with the Boston Celtics and his canter. Well, let's get into what I really want to talk about, which is WWE. I am a big fan. I also, okay. in a prior life, I was a writer uh, of Monday Night Raw back in 2005. Oh, so, so I can hang with you. Amazing. Yeah, I can hang with you. Uh, when did you start watching and what drove you to be such a fan of pro wrestling? Okay, so first time I started watching it, I was in college, you know, because I couldn't get to college basketball because of some, you know, 
eligibility stuff because I played professional league or whatever. So and then I was like, wanted to get a hobby and I started watching it when I was 17 years old. And I'm like, wow, this is like so amazing. Mm-hmm. And I actually went to one of the matches in uh, Indiana because it's close to Kentucky. And it was like, this is my world. I'm going to become a wrestler. I was watching, I remember watching Kane. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, this is amazing. And um, after that, you know, I was just like, keep watching it. But like, uh, my favorite was Undertaker, <laughs> obviously. But the most heartbroken moment I had in my whole NBA and so whole American life that when Undertaker lost in WrestleMania against Brock Lesnar. It was so shocking. Oh, my Lord. It's hard to tell people who aren't into wrestling what it meant. Yeah, oh, my God. I really, truly felt it was the streak. It was the Cal Ripken streak. I thought it was supposed to be the thing that never gets broken, and, and then there it went away so fast. Actually, they did that. I was so heartbroken. You have no idea. <laughs> I actually got to meet him. So I, I, I was playing for the Knicks. Uh-huh. I actually got to meet a lot of the wrestlers, like John Cena and stuff. I actually get to meet with Ronda Rousey. I'm like, oh, she was a sweetheart. She was so nice. And I'm like, how is she like that where she was fighting? She's like the one of the like, nicest person I know. Yeah. Um, and then I met Undertaker. Yeah, well, that was the weirdest part about writing there. It's like, you know, you go in there as someone who just watched on television. I mean, I had a different history. I mean, most kids in America, we ended up watching pro wrestling, you know, Hulk Hogan and such growing up. And you know good guys and bad guys. And then there you are in catering. And, you know, Rey Mysterio is eating, you know, a, a, a hot dog. <laughs> and he's, he's, he's sitting next to, you know, Shawn Michaels, who's uh-huh. talking about his weekend. It's just like, this is just a workplace. And that's the weirdest feeling. Yeah, so... I actually went to the backstage. I saw some of the wrestlers, girls and guys. I'm like, oh my God, this is so amazing. But same time, it's so weird. <laughs> uh, I actually got to meet, meet with Undertaker in Madison Square Garden. Yeah. Uh, he came to my locker room. And I was wanting to like know that the eye rolling thing is fake or not. And I asked him, and I took a video of it. It's actually on my Instagram. <laughs> and it's real. He did that. So I actually, I sit down and talk to him a little bit. He asked me, like, how old are you, kid? I'm like, I am. back then I was like 25. Yeah. So I'm 25 years old. He's like, I got boots older than you. I'm like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> but like, he was my like idol. My knees were shaking. Yeah. Just because of my play for the, for the Knicks, Paul Heyman actually just comes to some of our games and he's actually my really good friend. Mm-hmm. He actually is like, hey, let's go. Like, are we doing this? I'm like, dude, like, relax. I got to finish my basketball career first. Then I am all yours. Well, I did want to talk about that. Number one, Heyman rules. Shout out to Paul Heyman, a great guy. Yeah. You were able to make an appearance in the WWE already at one of the most historic buildings for that business, which is Madison Square Garden. You won the 24-7 title, even if for just a few minutes. What was it like to be in that ring for you? Oh, you have no idea. I was so nervous. <laughs> and Paul Heyman said, you're going to be the one of the most hated person in New York that night. Are you ready for it? I'm like, I burned for this. Let's go. <laughs> So like I pinned them, I won the title, I revealed my jersey, it was a Celtics jersey, the whole crowd was booing. Because yeah. I played for that team, they should love me. Sure. But the whole crowd was booing. <laughs> for me, it was just like lifetime experience. I actually, in the backstage, I got to meet with him, with McMahon. Mm-hmm. I talked to the, the Triple H a little bit, he's like, make sure you keep my uh, number in your phone. I'm like, okay, sure. <laughs> That's great. Do you feel more confident as a, a heel over a baby face? 
for sure. Oh my God, I'm gonna be healed. I'll be the heal, like the biggest heal that the, the, that we that we ever see. <laughs> <laughs> what what is it that you like about being? I mean, I know you troll certain people. Obviously, this this last week you put up a little bit of a troll on uh, on Jonas and Harden, uh, and then you know you've went you've went at LeBron in the past. I mean, is that kind of where you feel you know the most uh, the most fun? I feel like it is more fun. It's like entertaining people more. And it's like, for me, it's all about like getting on people's face and trash talk to them and troll them. I don't cuss, but I trash talk a lot. But uh, it's just definitely more fun to just go out there and just be a heel, be a bad guy. I don't know why. I just like it better. Uh, what do you think about Gronk uh, as your current 24-7 champion? So the SummerSlam was going to be in Boston mm-hmm. at TD Garden this summer, but I think it's canceled. Sure. So I was thinking, like, if me and Grunt go against each other, the Boston crew will go crazy. Crazy. <laughs> you know? The only way you can get that to be bigger is if uh, Brady is the ref. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> right now, they probably hate him so much. <laughs> With a huge reveal of his jersey. Yeah. Who would you say are your current favorite superstars if, if you're watching every week? Oh, man. I got so many of them right now. Hold on. <laughs> um, I, I like the big dog. Sure. I like the big dog. I like the big dog a lot. From the girls, actually, that Dana Brooke was my really good friend. Yes. I'd probably say her. Mm-hmm. Did you watch WrestleMania? Uh, and, and what did you think of those cinematic matches, those sort of out-of-the-ring movie things? Oh, my God. WrestleMania was, like, the biggest event, right? Mm-hmm. But, like, this year was, like, so awkward and weird because with no fans. Right. It's like you only hear, like, the wrestling moves and the ring, whatever, but nothing else. Because WrestleMania is all about the fans going crazy, wildness, whatever. But it was a little awkward, but they still did it. <laughs> I guess I'll take it. Did you like the stuff that was outside of the rings? You know, these kind of like movie matches. I like it too. Yeah. Okay. What, what would be what would be the Ennis Cantor movie match? Like, if you if you had to set up a cinematic thing, would we, would we start in a basketball court? Where would we be? I think just because I'm coming from basketball, so like I'll be playing one-on-one with somebody, and then as soon as he's, like, taking a shot, right, I'm probably just, like, attacking him and just, like, I don't know, just body-slamming him. But, like, 24-7, I told one of my friends, like, can I, like, uh, tombstone him? He's like, you're not there yet. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, like, you're not there yet. You don't want to break nobody's neck. <laughs> yeah, tombstone is the one move that I think Undertaker is the only one really allowed to do it because it's so dangerous. I think so. Yeah, I think so. I think my dream for cinematic matches at this point is that it is the only way we could get the dream match of Undertaker versus Sting. Oh, wow. See? Because Sting doesn't have to keep up. He's older, but in the cinematic match, you can hide it. Oh, my God. Yeah. You know what? That would be crazy, yeah. I hope it happens. You have been very open about your plans to become a sports entertainment superstar uh, when you do retire. And you said recently the open door offer from Vince seems to be there. When you watch any wrestling, do you think to yourself, now that's who I need to have a match with? Is there someone that you see out there that you're like, that's my guy that I got to take down? Oh, man. Hold on, man. (laughs) I... I'm trying to think. I want to say like Big Show. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> you know, I'm going for big. I'm yeah. going for Big Show. <laughs> yeah. See, you're you're the opposite of me. You you see someone very big, and you go, oh, "I got to take him down." I think who's in 205? Who's who's the smallest guy that I could go for? Exactly. <laughs> One of those smallest guys that they attended wasn't it? The Beetlejuice, whatever. <laughs> oh yeah, they have um they have the guy Chad Gable. Oh yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. Yep. Chad. Yep. He's very little. Are there any other NBA guys that you know who are huge wrestling fans like you that you connect with? I'm trying to think. I don't think so. Hmm. I can't remember any, yeah. Yeah. 
I, I think you might be the king of it. Hey, I'll take it. <laughs> I also think you'd be good as a tag team, and I would love to suggest Taco as your partner. Oh my God. <laughs> I was actually thinking of two person, either Taco or Steven Adams. Oh, it would be huge. Steven would be incredible. Steven also would love to play the heel with you. I, I think so. I think so. Yeah. Either of them would be like, it will go viral. Yes. He's a, he's a true, like you, I think he finds his happiest moments as a heel. Right. I think so. I think so. When you think about it, when do you see yourself going there? How many years do you think you have left in the NBA when you, when you look at wrestling and think you'd be making a transition? So I think I'm hoping to play five more years. Okay. So I got to finish at least like 14, 15 years in the league. That's not too bad. Yeah. That's, I mean, that would be incredible. And then, then pro wrestling, man. I hope so. Yeah, I know. It'll be amazing. Uh, okay, so I think all wrestling fans have distinct moments from watching it over the uh, time of their lives, you know, just sort of little moments that they connect with. Like, I remember when Chris Jericho debuted in the WWE, I was a sophomore in college, uh -huh. or CM Punk's Pipe Bomb, I was at my apartment in West Hollywood writing on a project I hated. Do you remember your milestone moments, things that you know coming up, whether in college or rookie year in the NBA? What was something that you remember from WWE that you, you look back and it's your favorite? I remember like when I was in Kentucky, the Undertaker had a match against the Kane. So they're like brothers, right? Yep. And when they like they're both like this like scary character. Mm -hmm. But when they go at each other, I think that was definitely one of my uh, favorite. The the brothers of destruction. Yeah. That's right. And and uh, the Paul Bear, who might be their dad, I think it's still kind of up in the air if he's their real biological father. I know. Yeah, R.I.P. to him, man. I know. R.I.P. Paul Bear. Uh, so we usually end with something positive and then something stupid, but I'm going to change it up today. Let, let's first ask you, is there anything that has happened during the pandemic that you hope we keep as a practice, even when things clear up and we're out in the real world again? Is there any sort of uh, new human behavior that you hope sticks? I think like this pandemic showed how much we needed each other. Mm -hmm. I mean, right now, our world needs players the most. I feel like that's what I'm really focusing on. I mean, it doesn't matter what your religion, what your skin color, what your ethnicity, or what your background. I feel like the most important thing in life is leaving your difference on the table and trying to find what we have in common. So right now, this pandemic is showing how much we need each other, and we just need to just go out there and just uh, fight uh, against uh, one. Well said. Well, I usually do suggestions here at the end, uh, but I figured we'd do something a little different. People always talk about their wrestling Mount Rushmore, the top four guys of all time. It's trended on Twitter, I don't know, handfuls of times. Okay. And a lot of superstars and legends have jumped in with their opinions. So we each pick our top four wrestlers of all time. These are the, the faces that are to be et etched into the side of the mountain. I can go first if you want, so you can collect your thoughts. You go first. Go ahead. Okay. All right. I have... Number one, I have him for sure. He's he changed the game. This dude is the most uh, famous, in my opinion, the most famous man on the planet. He started in pro wrestling. I think Dwayne The Rock Johnson is my first induction yep. into Mount Rushmore. Yep. My second is a glass-shattering, stone-cold Steve Austin. I think okay. if you look back at the legends and all the moments and the things that have happened, stone-cold uh, is at the front and center of all of it. He was the Attitude Era as one person, so I say uh, Steve Austin. Third, I think you never get to where we are right now in the WWE if it wasn't for the first initial boom. So you have to say uh -huh. Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Oh, my God. You're picking the good one. Okay. All right. No, listen, there's, there's a lot left. Hulk Hogan up there. Listen, let's pretend he never said anything weird. Hulk Hogan, the wrestler, not the man. Okay. Fourth. Now, this is my controversial pick because there's a lot out there, and I know your, your number one is, is it was right on the cusp of being my number four. Okay. <laughs> but my number four is Vince McMahon. Oh, wow. Okay. 
All right. Yeah. Okay. Because the character, not even the man, I'll say the man, obviously he started the whole thing, but, but the character of Vince McMahon, I think pushed wrestling and also like his matches are really in, in the attitude era were really fun and good. Uh, so that's that's my fourth member. So those are my four. Not bad. The Rock, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Hulk Hogan, and Vince McMahon. Not bad. Okay. So like, okay, let me give you my four. First, obviously, Undertaker. I got I got to go with Undertaker. <laughs> He's my favorite. Yep. The second, like you said, I'm going with you know The Rock. Yes. I think you know, like you said, what he did for wrestling, it was just amazing. Third one, I'm going with Ric Flair. Oh, there you go. Good one. Yeah, I'm going with Ric Flair. I think it, it, it just Ric Flair, just the booze and everything was just so amazing. Wait, so was your was your first connection to Ric Flair like when you were at Kentucky? Like you had not seen the earlier sort of Southern WCW stuff. I did not. No, you have a lot of good YouTube videos. I know. <laughs> My last one probably Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan, right? That's not bad. You have Undertaker, The Rock, Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan. We share The Rock and Hulk Hogan. And then obviously your Undertaker was going to be one. I mean, listen, I can only hope that one day, I can only hope that one day I remove Vince McMahon from my number four and I replace it with Ennis Cantor. Oh, wow. Hey, I love that. I love that idea. (laughs) (laughs) That's my goal. Well, Ennis, thank you so much for talking to me. And uh, please stay safe and healthy and have a great end of your Ramadan. I'm excited for you to start eating in bulk. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate it, man. The No Sports Report is produced and distributed by Treefort Media. The show is executive produced by Kelly Garner, Lisa Ammerman, Matthew Kugler, and me, Jensen Karp. Tom Monahan is our senior audio engineer and sound supervisor, with production and editing by Jasper Leak. Additional production help from Tim Schauer, June Rosen, and Haley Mandelberg. Our theme music is composed by Spilkes. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please subscribe, rate us, and review us on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And please visit feedingamerica.org. If you're able to make a donation, any amount makes a difference, and you can learn more about other ways you can help on their website. For more information on the No Sports Report, links to the socials, and for show transcripts for our hearing-impaired listeners, go to treefort.fm. Be safe and be well. The No Sports Report is a production of iHeartRadio and Treefort Media. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening if you love sports and true crime then there's a new podcast from executive producer dan patrick 
and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.